couple of weeks ago. Was it last Wednesday? I can't remember. I was in the mood. I was like, you know what? Maybe talking it out with you would make for a good podcast. We didn't. Probably the right choice. I'll go against that choice today. I'm in a bit of a mood. Um, it's about 3.15 in Podcastville. I'm not going to say I'm upset or bothered because we're short one guest today. Communication wasn't always timely, even though I can be super impatient. One of my big weaknesses is uh, the two big weaknesses of mine are uh, impatience and inattention to detail. I think knowing them, I think knowing your weaknesses makes them in some ways a strength or you have a strength by knowing your weaknesses. Again, mine are uh, inattention to detail and impatience, but I wasn't the back and forth that I was hoping for or wanted with a certain guest, but we do have, we're going to have two guests today to talk alcohol. Um, We'll try to catch up with the one that won't be on soon. I will, I am hoping to be at this establishment come Saturday. Not the larger one, but the one in the basement. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't. We will uh, catch up with Katie from Brewski Bites in just a couple of minutes here. Um, ran into her or it or them her in the Twitter account because I talked to a lot of uh, dog parents on Twitter and uh, and alcohol as well. I love alcohol. I love dogs. And Katie hopped into a conversation I was having with Ruby, the downtown Corgi's dad. And um, now I know what brewski bites are. I know that it's a dog treat made out of like remnants of IPA products. I don't know. Um, she did an incredibly detailed job of explaining how it goes from discarded stuff from local breweries to dog treats. So I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to you hearing the conversation that I've already recorded with Katie in a couple of minutes. Um, a few things to throw at you. First, um, you know that my favorite human is uh, uh, you more than people that listen to the, to the radio show know that my favorite human is my dad Barry. He is um, Alex is my best friend, but my dad's my best friend. Um. <clears throat> when the day comes that he's not around anymore, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt really, really bad. Um, I am my dad's son in so many ways. But for as close as I am with my dad and how barely, if there's 30 days in a month, I talk to my dad on the phone for five to 10 minutes in 25 of those days. The other days are usually weekends and I'm sleeping. Um, and you can just tell from listening to the podcast how close I am with my dad. But there are some things that you know that my dad doesn't know. It just does, it's just not part of my converse. It's just not part of our conversations. Um, and the scope of my conversations with my dad, they're very limited, but very intense and passionate. Um, off the top of my head, it's mostly sports we talk about some things how i'm doing but i've been good for a long long time but i've thrown you know my mental health challenges on my dad's radar and at many times he's felt helpless with them but we talk mostly sports um about the dogs 
his dog now. What's kind of going on with family stuff? Um, what's kind of going on with the world? It's mostly sports stuff. Again, I'm, I'm my dad's son. And if we couldn't talk about sports, I don't know what we would talk about. We certainly haven't talked about... Oh, and he also, uh, also wants to know how work is going because he dislikes greatly... Um, that I could be unemployed at any time, or he dislikes that that I I am unemployed, and I'm sorry I'm not speaking this well or conveying this well. Like I said, I'm trying to talk myself out of this bad this bad vibe I'm in. He certainly doesn't. Uh, we certainly don't talk about Amanda, and um, he's coming next week to visit the the great soft pretzel fairy, who will bring hopefully a freezer full of soft pretzels from Wawa. Here to town next weekend. Yeah, he's coming Memorial Day weekend and he's staying less than I would have liked him to, but he's concerned that he's got to get home for the dog. Usually he'll get out here Friday afternoon, <clears throat> excuse me, and then uh, be back and then head back Monday morning after we have breakfast or something. He's going to leave Sunday morning this time again because I think he's concerned about his dog and where she, Luna, is staying. But he doesn't know about Amanda. Um, he doesn't ask about my relationships like that because there haven't been a lot of them. There are some things that, again, you know that you and you and I, we talk about all the time that just don't make it into my dad's radar. So as much as he is my best friend and I talk to him every single day, there's a lot of things that you know that he doesn't. Um, we just talk about what we're what we're interested in or where the connection lies. And, and the center of that, the heartbeat of that is sports. And I so infrequently have what I call deep relationships with somebody that I'm I'm seeing dating. I do remember, um, so he's been out here, let's see, one, two, three. So there have been three people I've been dating, seeing, relationships even, however you want to characterize them, closer to dating. No, I don't want to label them as anything. And he's met three of them. I do remember the middle one, though. We were in the parking lot of the Rite Aid on Monroe in Sylvania. And uh, we were just running errands. And he's like, so what do you want to do later? I was like, funny you bring that up. I know you wanted to go out to dinner. We're going to go out to dinner with the girl that I'm dating. And I don't tell him because I don't, I don't tell him these things or, or uh, avoid telling him these things because I'm ashamed or embarrassed. It's just something we've never talked about. Like we have sexuality, relationships has never been discussed in my family. I think uh, if you've know if you've known me for long enough, part of the reason I am closed off, independent, I isolate as much as I do, and I'm comforting all that uh, is because I remember one counselor said, you lack intimacy in your life. I was like, yes, I do. She's like, no, I mean like beyond relationship stuff. And I think a lot of that, I, I personally have diagnosed that as coming from my mom and dad because while they loved the hell out of me and my brother, there was no intimacy and love in their relationship. Um, I've told the story many times that I remember I was like 18 or 19 years old. I go into the kitchen to make a soft pretzel. My dad comes in. He says, I want to talk to you. And I was like, oh, I know I didn't do anything wrong. I'm at a, no school, no grades. I'm like, what could it be? He's like, I just wanted to let you know that um, your mom and I are going are gonna to split up. And I said, are you still going to love Paul and I? He said, absolutely. I said, all right, well, can I go eat my pretzel now? I guess all the years, like life flashed before me like it never had before. All the years of not seeing my parents hug, kiss, be intimate, whatever, not sexually, although I do have a story about that too, but I'll save that for another time. But then just not showing love to one another, 
in in an instant, I was like, oh, okay, that makes total sense. Years of lack of intimacy, and now you're getting separated. But they loved me and Paul, so I didn't really sweat it a whole lot. But that lack of intimacy has definitely bled into my life. Um, so I do, I, I can sense that Amanda has been discomforted by the fact that I haven't told my dad about her yet. Um, or him about her yet. Although today she's like, I get it. That's just, you know, you and your dad. And I greatly appreciate that about her. But I think she would also greatly appreciate if I like passed along, like, hey, I've been seeing a man and I care very deeply for her. Um, it's been about, I asked her the other day, I was like, how long have we been going out? She's like, I don't know. It feels like the whole year. I was like, I'll take that four or five months. But I do greatly want her to meet my dad and vice versa. Again, it's, I haven't, avoided telling him because I'm ashamed or embarrassed or it's something sinister or evil or I'm hiding something. It just hasn't come up. It's hard to segue from the Phillies bullpen is terrible and what are you going to do with Luna? Why can't you stay longer? Make sure you stock up on pretzels too. Oh yeah, I really care about this girl. So um, it's it's just what it is. Um, a couple of other things to get to and Amanda's got her son next weekend, and my dad's not going to be here a bunch, so we're really going to have to shoehorn some time in for them to meet, because I, I really want them to, to, to meet. Um, there will be a time where my dad is not here anymore. My dad has always warned me of this. He said, you and your brother have to get along, because one day it's only going to be you two. Well, we're getting closer to that moment, because he's 72, and he's in good health. So he tells me, that's an, again, some very important information doesn't get conveyed in our family. Like the time he had to tell me after the fact that he had like a mild a mild heart thing. He didn't want us to worry. I appreciate that, but some things are important to pass along. Like I should have passed along Amanda to my dad weeks ago. Um, so hopefully we I can get them together because at some point, hopefully it's Amanda. Um, there will be no one but me. The dogs are going to go away. My dad's going to pass away. You know, I have a very small family. Just have my brother. I have a couple of uncles who I'm not super close with. My grandparents are all dead. I have no aunts, no cousins. I will be very lonely from a familial standpoint sooner rather than later. So I'm sure he would be delighted to know that um, there is an Amanda. Some other things. Did you see 25 million people at the Vaximilian website? That's wild to me. I know we were doing the math yesterday with Alex. Like, you probably have like a one in three million chance to win the money. Uh, accounting people, accounting for people who are vaccinated and then, you know, kids are in a different category. And so we've got, what, like 12 million people in Ohio. So about twice as many people have hit the website than there are in Ohio. Now, that's people from Montana, from Russia, from all over the world. But it's just fascinating, and I know it's doing what the governor wanted. And maybe we'll spur other governments, federal, statewide, local, to incentivize people to get vaccinated so we can truly get back to normal. I just saw, we got an email a couple of minutes ago from um, the uh, mayor of Toledo, uh, his communications director, Beginning on June 2nd, mask in the city of Toledo will be voluntary. Okay? So there's that. We are getting back to normal. I still have my fears that I talked about, what, Monday? Like, we could be in a whole hell of problems come September if variants have become problematic or we realize that these shots, these vaccines wear off sooner than we expected or at all. Or, or you know, once you hit the six-month point, which I think has been kicked around, after that, it's like, got to get a booster. So... One day at a time with all this stuff. So 25 million people have hit that site. A couple other things before we dive into Katie from Brewski Bites, which I hope you try out. 
Um, happy birthday to some people. Court, that's Chelsea's son. Also to Kevin Mullen, who does a lot of great things in the community. I talk about Dr. Frankel on the air every day. They're a great sponsor and advertiser on the show and on the radio station. The gateway to all the great things that happen at Dr. Frankel's office are from uh, from Pam Wetzel. I met Pam a long time ago. She is the smile, no pun intended here, when it comes to, that welcomes you. Um, she is customer client relations. She's the first person that welcomes you to Dr. Frankel and one of his offices. She's a great and incredible ambassador, just the right person with the great smile, energy, vibe, attitude to welcome new patients to Dr. Frankel. So, very happy birthday to Pam. Also, happy birthday to George's mom. That's Kelly. Happy 20th birthday to Shrek, which I've only ever seen the first one in theaters a long time ago. Congratulations to um, uh, the Dieters. Uh, I didn't see this Facebook post when it went up, but they are uh, going to expand their family. That's Trevor and his wife, I think, Samantha from Deets Barbecue. And um, one one other thing, and we'll talk to Katie here from Brewski Bites. And thanks for letting me ramble and maybe shake off some of this negative energy. Speaking of negative energy, so Demi Lovato, she's the, she's the Hollywood story of the day. She is now coming out as non-binary. She would like to be they or them. Um, good for her. That's great. But I'll say what I said last time when she talked about being California sober. There was a song. I think there was a documentary. I think there's another documentary. I don't care what she wants to be. I don't care what she wants to smoke or drink. But I think from personal from personal harrowing experiences, not to some of the length that she's been to, where she's been in rehab, and obviously she has levels of fame, which I will never understand. But I, my advice for her would be, I'm glad that you're putting yourself out there like that and letting other people know it's okay to share these things and it's okay to be comfortable in different kinds of skin from many other people. But girl... As Alex said, she just loves drama. And and she knows, like, when I put a tweet out there or when I say something, I know that it will cause a reaction. Like the other day when I was talking about getting vaccinated, winning the million dollars, is, is this going to upset people who have lost loved ones from COVID? Um, know that when you, have a, when you have the audience that Demi Lovato does, that when you say something or put something out there, it's going to cause all kinds of reactions, positive and negative. And that's a lot for empathetic people like I believe she is. I believe she would be better off, like I said last time, just stay out of the news. It sucks. We get addicted and we do get so many positive interactions and inspirations from our social media accounts. I have so many great relationships um, that I've made on on Twitter and, and even on Facebook. Just being able to wish somebody happy birthday or stay in touch with somebody, it's great. But I think for somebody like Demi Lovato, um, she should just shut these things down. We saw Chrissy Teigen say, I'm done with Twitter. And I was like, she's going to be back because it's an addiction. You're addicted to interacting with people and what they give you and other things. Make a shadow account so you can stay up on news if you want to do that. But Demi, stay out of the news. I will almost guarantee you whatever kind of recovery you're seeking, uh, which will be ongoing for the rest of your life, you will be in better spirits. You will be in better moods if you just stay out of the news. And again, I am so glad that she has discovered this is what she is. This is what they are, regardless of of what it is. Um, Don't put the news out there. Just do it on your own. And again, you you do empower other people to embrace themselves and their uniqueness. But you, girl, 
you need to keep your name out of the news for your own good mental health. I promise you that from personal experience. All right, Katie from Brewski Bites. I hope you check out some of the breweries that she's connected to that she'll talk about here. She was a great interview, and I hope you listen to her because she is breaking down drinking well, the making of alcohol to the science that it is. Hello. Hi there. Hey, it's Katie. Well, I'm hoping so. I don't know else, who else could have hopped in here. <laughs> some some bizarre intruder. It's Russia. It's Russia. Well, das yeah. uh, <laughs> Danya. and uh, and I, I don't know what else. It's kind of, I don't know. I, but hello, I, Russia. I Hi. How Hi. are you? I'm good. I'm recording. So uh, okay. we're going, and this is very casual and easy. And I'm glad to know that uh, you're a friend of my good friend Alex Thomas. Yes, I am. I've known Alex for over five years, I think, more than that. Um, we met through a mutual friend, and she's just one of the most lovely people. And so I was excited to hear that that you were hooked up with her. She's yeah, a great person. She is. She is. She's become a very close and, and dear friend to me, and, and mm-hmm. she's, she's a great person. And we have a lot of uh, causes that align and TV shows that we like, so she's a great friend. And I was excited to hear that um, she knows you, and that always makes these things a little easier. Right, right, definitely. So, so Brewski Bites, start, yes. can you start me from the beginning of, of like how this came about and how my dog might have like IPAs or whatever it might be? <laughs> well, your dog's not having IPAs, but your dog could be having the same type of grain that was used to produce your favorite IPA or porter or um, wheat beer, whatever it might be. Um, so the idea really came from, you know, the more that I learned about the brewing process, um, the more I learned about, you know, some of those sustainability challenges and the creative ways that breweries were attempting to address them. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the Toledo area, born and raised here, and I was really excited to see the um, the beer culture that arose in our area and really across the country. But, but we have a lot of really great breweries here in the local Toledo area. And so my interest in craft beer, um, you know, really grew from, from that groundswell that happened here. And again, you know, the more that I learned about the brewing process, um, since it's an interest of mine, I became aware that, um, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do with that spent grain. So some breweries might um, have farmers come in, they might um, donate those grains to their cows and their pigs and their chickens. Um, Sometimes community gardens will use them for composting purposes. Um, And there are even some breweries that have restaurants on site Um, Not in our area that I'm aware of, but there are some that will take that spent grain and remill it and use it for pizza dough. And so, you know, all of that together, you know, got me thinking about what are some of the other things that we can do with this grain, Um, you know, and I'll be honest. So other other um, breweries have tried making dog treats um, you know, other breweries and in other areas where, you know, they will do this. So this isn't an idea that is, um, you know, completely my own invention, but 
we're definitely the first ones to be doing it here in the Toledo area. And I think that there is a huge opportunity for that. Um, and so I wanted to come in and, and see what I could do. Let me go uh, backwards for a minute because sure. you, you have thought so much more about um, craft beer than I ever had. I just yeah. wanted to, when I was drinking craft beer, I'd be like, when's the next one coming? You have thought um, about all the, all the things that you can do with it. How did, is that your background? Like, is that, cause this isn't your brewski bites is not your day job, right? Like, how did you no. start thinking? <laughs> how did you start thinking like that? Because like I said, I would have just been like, let me try a couple more. And you went more productive than that. Sure. Well, I mean, I think I'm the kind of person who my wheels are always turning. And so, um, you know, craft beer has been an interest of mine for a really long time. And it really kind of all started when I visited some friends in Cincinnati. We went on a brewery tour and learned the entire process from start to finish. Like I I had some vague idea of like, oh, there's hops and water and you ferment it and there's, you know, something else that happens. But there's so much more than that. And um, it was personally interesting to me to see that come together, um, but then also learn about, um, you know, the mash itself. So not to, you know, get into the weeds a little bit, but I suppose that's kind of what we're doing here today. Totally so, fine. That's what podcasts yeah. are for. <laughs> so, right. So part of part of the, the brewery process, right, is you get that grain. So it'll be like a barley and wheat is mostly what breweries use to, to make their grain or to make their beer. Um, they'll steep it almost like tea in hot water. And then once that quote unquote tea is done, they extract the liquid the liquid goes on in the brewery process, and that's when they add the hops and all the good stuff to it um, that turns it into a good beer. And then you're left with this, um, this soggy mash, and it's almost like, a, like an oatmeal sort of consistency. And so then from that, that's what gets discarded. Um, and so, you know, those same those same ingredients that um, are super high quality that the breweries, they care a lot about the product that they're turning out. And so some of them use like specialty water. Like for example, the brewery that we toured in, in Cincinnati, they got their water from the same source as the GE plant that was down the street. And so the GE plant, they, they were making, I forget what it was like, some kind of engines or some sort of really um, special component. And so they needed special water. And so because of where they were situated, they were able to tap into that special water source that GE was using. So um, all of that is to say that all of these breweries, they care about the product that they're turning out and, and they're using these specialized grains in some, in some cases. And so, um, you know, in, in making sure that those quality ingredients um, get a second life, um, that was that was a, a really good indicator for me that um, this could be something special for um, for your pets to enjoy and for 
their owners to enjoy through the enjoyment of their pets. What would they normally do with that oatmeal type substance after the the beer is made? Would they normally just completely discard it? Where would it go? Um, Not always. And again, you know, I I don't want to speak specifically for our breweries in the community here because I think every situation is different. And I know that they're all Um, you know, struggling with that issue from a sustainability standpoint. I know a lot of them will have um, farmers come in, they'll collect that grain and they'll take that to feed their livestock. Sure. Um, There are some, you know, again, who, uh, you know, just anybody really, if you wanted to go tomorrow to Ernest and say, hey, can I have a bucket of your grain? Because I'm going to spread it in my garden because I'm going to do some gardening and it's good for composting, you can do that too. So really, you know, anybody who um, has a use for that grain can use it. And I know that they would um, welcome that as well. But good you know, to know. There's, yeah. So, I mean, there are some other, um, it's, a, it's available for people who um, are able to help them consume it. Because I mean, otherwise, it's waste. It would, it would unfortunately, right, you know, end up in a landfill. And so, um, again, you know, it's really good organic material. And so if you have a use for it, then I think that's a super positive thing. So where where did the interest come? Are you a, are you a pet lover, a, an animal lover, a dog lover? Where did the idea, and, and not the, the idea, the interest and the passion come to make dog treats out of this stuff? Sure. So... Um, growing up for as long as I can remember, we always had pets. We had cats, we had dogs, we had a rabbit at one point. Um, and so animals have always just been a part of my life. And, um, then five years ago, I met my current boyfriend. Um, and he unfortunately has this horrible allergy to dogs and cats. And so we aren't able to have pets. And so um, it's kind of an ironic thing that I've started this business that's super connected to um, people's pets and, and um, you know, and the interest in that. Um, but we can't have animals ourselves. And so this is really the only way for me to continue to be close to dogs um, through other people. Um, and so that's kind of like how... I'm able to still connect with that. So I can I can live vicariously through other people's sure. um, enjoyment of their pets. I would have uh, I would have discarded the person. I I do have kind of like an an unbendable rule like if you're not getting along with my dogs, you got to go. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care how much so so good for you, but also <laughs> good for you for finding the outlet to vicariously yeah. live through cuz I think you I met Katie or we crossed paths because I was uh-huh. tweeting with my friend uh Ruby, Ruby, the Corgi's dad. Yep. Ruby is is a very famous downtown Toledo animal, and then uh, and then you popped up. So I'm I'm guessing like me, I have a lot of um, I think I have more dog friends locally <laughs> than I have human friends. So I'm guessing you too know a lot of the famous dogs in the area. Yeah, I'm definitely that weirdo at the party who I will talk to your pet and <laughs> spend time with your pet more so than talking to you. So it's like if I'm feeling. A little awkward I'll be like hey buddy let's go hang out over here or like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go pet your cat for a minute 
So that's not weird. That's that's me too. A lot of times, if I go someplace, if I I'm more likely to go someplace social like that where I might not know a lot of people or I'm uncomfortable yeah. if I know if there's an animal there. So yeah. I totally get it. You're uh, well, you said you're a big craft beer and, and brewery fan, and we do have a lot of them. And you're I'm glad you yeah. said that they're all over, not just here, because it has been quite yeah. a trend that's developed across the country over the last mm-hmm. ten years or so. And we're lucky to have some really good ones. Um, there's there's patrons. There's one over the border. I think in Lambertville, I need to get to. Um, there's, of course, down, uh, Mommy Bay downtown. And uh, are you most closely aligned? Do a lot of business out of out of Ernest. And I, I love Ernest. I can't put their peanut butter porner down lately. Um, and I'm looking forward to their expansion. But are they like your partners at home base, HQ? What do you call it? So they were the first brewery that I approached because um, I know uh, one of the owner's wives. And um, I used to live in the Beverly neighborhood. So that was my home base. So, you know, we would hang out there a lot. Um, And then as I was developing this idea, I reached out to them like, hey, I've got this crazy idea. Can I have some grain? And they're like, sure, come on over. (laughs) Um, And so then from that, I, um, you know, at the time they weren't brewing every day like they are now because they are just expanding like crazy and I'm so happy for them. Um, but I needed to, at the time, diversify and find some other places that, you know, were brewing on the days that I needed some grain. And so I reached out to um, some friends over at Patron Saints. They're over on Bancroft. And so they've been awesome, too. Um, so I get grain from both of those places. And then actually now that I'm living up here in Bedford, I reached out to Pavlov's, which was the brewery. That's the name that of the you, place. Yes. yes. Yeah. They're awesome. Um, super nice couple. They have been there, I think for about two years now. Um, and so now I'm getting some grain from them too. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, um, not play favorites with our breweries um, and also, you know, try to bring some new ones into the fold too, because I know that I know how important it is to honor and recognize all of the good contributions that all of our other breweries are making to the Toledo brew uh, Toledo beer scene. Um, and I think it, it helps to, um, you know, create a little bit more of like a fan base too amongst the products that I'm making because, you know, if I know that um, this particular batch is made with Ernest or it's made with Patron Saints or it's made with Pavlov's, then it's like, oh, that's a super cool thing because I already love that beer. I already trust the brand. I know that they're doing cool things and I want to have that experience with my dog or my cat because we do cat treats too. Um, so, you know, I'm kicking back, I'm drinking a crunchy hippie from Ernest and my dog's also eating, um, a treat that came from the beginnings of what crunchy hippie was. So I just think it's a cool thing to be able to kind of spread that love around and, and honor, you know, all of our breweries in the, in the Toledo region. Yeah, it's um, it's altruistic, but it's also great business and, and easy marketing to have these kind of partnerships. How so? When you went on that beer tour, on a scale of one to ten, how much did you know about what you needed to know now? Like you seem like kind of like me, where something catches your eye and then you dig into Wikipedia for seventy eight hours and lots of rabbit holes. 
<laughs> yeah, there there def there were some rabbit holes for sure. Um, I I knew again like just a little bit when I went on the tour, um, but then you know from that I I learned a little bit more, and I think uh, all I really needed to know was what was in the mash because I think um, a big a big uh, issue too is that, you know, one of the reasons why, I mean, apart from it being alcoholic, one of the reasons why animals can't have beer is the hops, right? So hops is actually really toxic to animals. And so part of what I needed to learn was, okay, so there's this mash that's left over. Is there actually any hops in it? Because if there is, we can't go forward with this idea because, you know, if you were making pizza dough out of it, um, you would be able to, to do that because people would be consuming it and hops is fine for people. But I needed to know if there were any dangers involved for animals because obviously, you know, we don't want anybody getting sick or hurt and, and you know, that that wouldn't be... Um, a good thing. So I did need to know a little bit more about the specifics of the brewing process. And luckily, that was really easy to um, figure out from, um, you know, the research that I did, but then also the partnerships that I've made with our breweries here locally, because they always tell me, you know, here's what's in our mash this time around, or like, for example, um, patron saints, they were doing um, a a brew one time and they were using a particular kind of grain uh, that was, it was called a chocolate grain and it wasn't actually chocolate. It was just a, a darker kind of grain that, that after it was fermented, it created this nice chocolatey porter sort of flavor. Um, and so you, you do have to know a little bit about the different types of grain that are being used, but um but yeah, I think I think a, a majority of, of my research has led me to um, to where I am today. What did you have to buy or procure to to take it from mash to to dog treats? I mean, I I hear I mean I hear science, I hear chemistry. There's <laughs> no some. It seems like it. So what did you have to get? Like, let's not that I'm I want to be or or uh, create any of your yeah. rivals, but let's say it's like okay, I can go to Ernest down the street and I'm like, hey, give me your mash. I'd like to make dog treats. I we're on a podcast, so we've got to like artfully explain this, but how do you, how does the mash wind up as the dog treats? What's it like for you to do that? Sure. So, um, it's, it's really all about if you can make a batch of cookies, you can make a batch of dog treats. And so, um, you know, you're talking about science and chemistry and that's really what cooking and baking is. Um, so I developed the recipe over a couple of batches. There were definitely a couple of fails. Um, but then once I got that recipe correct, um, I, I continued from there. And so, um, it's actually kind of a sweet story. So I have my grandmother's old KitchenAid mixer that she got in the seventies. It still works beautifully. So, um, it's a really sweet thing that I think she, her memory is able to sort of live on through this, um, you know, 
this venture that I've got going on. Um, and so, you know, you, you take the grain again, you know, think of it kind of in this like dryish oatmeal consistency. You take that, you take, um, it's eggs, peanut butter, um, some flour and, um, you know, you mix it up into a dough and then, um, you know, put it on a cookie sheet. You have to bake it. So you do like an initial bake and then you have to turn the heat down really low and then let it bake for another like two hours or so to really dry it out because that mash is so wet and you want to make sure that you dehydrate it enough so that um, it's more, it, it, you get some more shelf life out of it. Because um, if you can imagine, if you were to make, you know, say some really soft chocolate chip cookies and then put them in a bag, they would probably go bad after, you know, a couple of days. So the process that I use ensures that they are um, more shelf stable and that they can have a longer shelf life. Um, but I'll also add that they don't have any preservatives in them. So it's not like, you know, something that you would go to your big box, um, you know, pet store and get where you buy it in the summertime and it's still good until Christmas because it's got tons of, you know, preservatives and whatever else in it to make sure that it, it stays shelf stable. So, you know, sure. since it has all of those same ingredients that you and I would eat, um, you know, it, it's doesn't have, um, you know, as long of a shelf life. But I think that also speaks to, you know, the, the realness of the ingredients and the wholeness sure. of the ingredients. Too. Yeah. I've all, I've always known that the, the fewer the ingredients, the, the healthier and better usually is for you. You don't want something that lasts forever and ever on your, uh, on your shelves and your pantries or whatnot. What's your, what's your regular job? If you don't mind me asking. <laughs> So um, I am a social media specialist for um, a large healthcare system in Toledo. I know a couple of those. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah. How, how I was going to say, I, I won't name it, but you probably know which one it is. I'm, I, I don't know, but I could probably guess because there's only a couple. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. how, how much time does, does Brewski Bites take out of your schedule? When do you find time to do it? Because it sounds like... Uh, if business isn't booming, you certainly have the vision and the organization to get it to that. It's definitely been nights and weekends. Um, I joke that I have a nine to five and then I have like a six to ten. Um, and so my six to ten is is brewski bites. So, um, you know, when I am not at my regular nine to five job, I'm updating my website, I'm sending out orders, I'm doing a lot of um, social media marketing, which is, since that's my day job, I, I feel like um, it's really served me well in helping to, um, you know, reach an audience. Uh, and so, you know, I, I feel like it, um, it definitely hasn't detracted um, from my, my regular job, but it's definitely when I'm not at my regular job, it's it's what I'm pouring a lot of my energy into. Well, good for you also for being a social media specialist and keeping it nine to five, because usually that's an around the clock job. <laughs> um, it Yeah, there are definitely times when when uh, duty calls 
off duty. For sure. sure. Yeah. P- uh, people would ask me like, what are your hours? I'm like, all of them. Where, like when, yeah. I'm, when, yeah. I'm, when I'm awake are the hours. Um, right. So let's get to the tasty parts of this as we get near the end of the, the, of the chat. And thanks for the time again. So yeah. where can people find these? What are some of the flavors? Website, all the, all the need to knows. Now that we've probably had our largest dog audience ever for, for the podcast. More dogs listening, I hope, to this than people. I love it. I love it. So it's uh, brewskibitespettreats.com. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at brewskibitespet. Easy and, stuff. Yep. And the flavors that I have currently are peanut butter and bacon and cheese. And then for the kitties, we've got chicken flavor. Okay. Um, how are we, can people just go to any of the, like the breweries that you mentioned and snag them there or are there other ways to get it? Yeah. So there are, um, you can get them in person at Ernest Brewworks. Uh, you can get them in person at Handmade Toledo and also Hank's at the 405, which is located in the ground floor of the PNC building. So mm-hmm. if you're downtown walking your dog, um, the PNC building, not a lot of people know this. It's actually a pet uh, dog friendly building. So you can come right in with your dog, um, go to their little convenience store. Um, Yvette over there has been awesome. She has a lot of um, local products. And, and if you bring her a picture of your dog, she'll put it up on her little dog wall that she awesome. has. So that's kind of a cool thing. Um, then you can also, um, again, you can order online and then... Um, I, my aunt actually has a food truck. Her food truck is PM Frosted Fantasies. That is the, the cupcake truck that looks like the ambulance. Okay. And she sells it out of there. And she, so she and her business partner will go to some of the breweries, um, and you can get them out of there as well. So, um, yeah, that's about everywhere that we're located now, but you know, we're always looking for, um, other opportunities and if people are interested in in wholesale and things like that um, they can reach out to us as well awesome well this is uh this is really nice to find out more about what you're doing and um how this all came about you've certainly been more productive with your interest in craft beer than many other people um so this is awesome i will uh, i'm gonna stop prop uh I will get to Ernest at one of these days and grab some of these um, so uh, so the boys can have some peanut butter things and some bacon yeah. and cheese stuff. Yep. Um, have yeah, you got to spoil them. Have you met... Uh, oh, they get plenty spoiled, so... <laughs> but a little more can, can help out. It's, it's never a bad thing. Have you met Howard the, the weenie? No. Oh, okay. Um, I believe Howard lives in Beverly. He okay. he is uh, he's on Instagram. Um, okay, Howard Houdini, the escape weenie. He is. Wait, yes, I follow him on Instagram. Yes, yes. he's very popular, very famous. Okay. He, he and I were were kind of mortal enemies, but then we uh, we broke bread, and now we're good people. And Howard is one of the more famous dogs in the area. Not like not like uh, Ruby, but Howard is has, certainly has his own following, and I'm part of that. Why were you mortal enemies? Um, I just think he thought he was better than me. Um, 
And again, he's very festive. He gets dressed up for all kinds of holidays. He's always, you know, doing pictures and kayaking. And I just felt like he was very condescending to me. So, but we're good now. We're good. Okay. Okay. That's good. I mean, that's kind of a dachshund thing. Yes. Too. We had a dachshund growing up and they are feisty for sure. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, he's, a, he's a good dude. I'm trying to think of other famous, what are some other famous dogs that you've uh, come across, uh, whether on social or just they've they've come to meet you to grab some treats. Um, so a lady that I work with actually, her dog is very Instagram famous. So I don't know if you remember um, Fenny. I don't. So now, now they have a dog. Well, Fenny unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, and they have a new rescue dog named Maggie May. Okay. And so it's Fenny and Maggie May. Um, so they're, I think they have maybe 20,000 Instagram mm. followers. But yeah, we're following them. Um, there's are, also... Are they local? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah she's local. And then uh, I've done a little bit of um, some dog doggy influencer type stuff with... Um, our lovely pups. Okay. So she's been great. Um, I'm trying to think of who else kind of put me on the spot here, but, uh, but yeah, there've been, there've been quite a few other accounts that I followed and I'm always looking for more to follow too, because it's just so fun to see what everybody's up to, especially as the, um, you know, everything's opening up and, and people are venturing outside and they're having fun adventures with their dogs. That's just been fun to see. Yeah, for sure. Well, Katie, this was great. Thank you so much for the time. Um, I'm glad that I know a lot more about Brewski Bites now and uh, I look forward to snagging some and I'm more excited that you've got this great vision and um, good luck with everything and where it takes you. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's been really fun chatting. Thanks, Katie. Take care. All right.